Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds Podcast. This is episode 11, and I'm here with Eric and Caitlin. Hey, everyone. Hello. My name is Slater, and uh, we're being whale nerds. <laughs> Yay, nerds. We went and did a nerdy thing last week. Eric and I did. What nerdy thing did we do? We went to a talk by Ray Troll about fossils, because apparently that's a thing now for whale nerds. <laughs> Um, and Ray Troll is actually an artist, so he teamed up with um, a paleontologist from the Smithsonian, and um, they did an adventure down the California coast, well, really the whole West Coast, um, looking for fossils and, and just writing about their whole adventure, and then Ray illustrated the whole thing, so he's, he had a really cool book, and it was a Friends of Hopkins event over at uh, Hopkins Marine Station. So or was, was I that fun. night? I don't know. Where were you? We called you. We told you about I it. I, was, I think I was, I was just hungry. <laughs> they had snacks there. No, that's why I didn't no, go. Didn't I, I asked snacks. Caitlin if I could eat, if no, I could bring snacks. Earlier, and she said no. For the members, they. Had oh yeah, snacks. but we we yeah. aren't members. Yeah, we're not members. members. Yeah, we're not friends with Hopkins <laughs> members. I don't know why. How we're not. If I had some spare change, I would do there? it. Yeah, but you got to pay money to be a friend of Hopkins. I mean, I'm friends of people that work at Hopkins. I don't pay for my friends. In real life, you got to pay for your friends. (laughs) Those are not friends, Caitlin. Those are business people. Those are fake friends. Fake friends. Darn it. Um, So, yeah, so it was pretty fun. Um, Ray's a really cool dude. He's just, like, totally hippie, and it's really fun to listen to him talk about dinosaurs. At Hopkins. (laughs) And... um, his his uh his drawings for the like tree of life are really neat. I really liked all of those that he was talking about. Um, he has like actual trees, and then the branches are are related to how closely related each part of yeah the tree. It's really is. easy to understand. In fact, I thought of you later because you were, you were so fascinated with pachycetus and all that stuff. So it's really visually. Did he paint pachycetus? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. We got the book. I'll, I'll show it to you later. I just realized that I should show Painted it to you. It? But yeah, he makes it really educational yet entertaining. I mean, it's it's pieces of art that you can have on your wall yet still learn a lot at the same time. And he's totally obsessed with Desmos, which are like these weird, I don't even know how to, you describe it, Eric. I don't even know. They have lots Desmos of weird Dillion? teeth. Well, let's just say, well, they're, they're out here along California. I actually have a few pieces uh, obtained on private property at my house. <laughs> but uh, imagine the cross between, I would say, bear and sea lion, probably. Yeah. What yeah? is it? Desmos but, Dillion, yeah. It's like a dinosaur that was like kind of between like the bear on and land you have and the them? sea lion in the water. He has some of the yeah. teeth. I got a few pieces out. How home. do you know they're that teeth? Because they're that was really, what Bailey told me what it was. They're really <laughs> bizarre looking teeth, though. Like, they don't really look like anything else. They're like pillars. Cool. Yeah, they're like yeah. little pillars, a little hole in the middle. And, uh, yeah, they're over at Shark Tooth Hill. But this guy's book is uh, pretty cool, talking about uh, some of the animals that existed along the, uh, the west coast of the United States. And those of you who are kind of into paleo know that we don't have many dinosaurs out here, but a lot of... Uh, marine marine mammal stuff out there and he talked about how um that partner ray talked about how his buddy um was obsessed with uh walruses yes and how there were actually a few out here along the uh, uh our coast a long time ago yeah so it was pretty fun pretty cool whenever we say like there used to be a long time ago it's like ugh, we lost a lot of things yeah <laughs> that's true it's kind of sad i dream yeah. of seeing stellar sea cow you know that would have been cool to see. Yeah, there's well, it's it's kind of interesting because like when you say a long time ago, we really compress millions of years when we say that. Like these whole eras oh. of dinosaurs that were not meant to be and like were never gonna exist at the same time as humans. But then there are species that have gone extinct, you know, directly really really. Why can't they humans. exist at the same time? Because Besides the like, fact that we'd probably kill them. <laughs> well, there's that. But they just adapted in a time that was more favorable to that type of animal and then by the time the environment had shifted again the earth's atmosphere and um, the continents and everything and when humans finally came around it was like those type of animals were not going to survive on that type of in that current version of the planet yeah so I, they I weren't ready for tesla no they were not oh, they were not ready for tesla <laughs> i heard a few talks and like viewpoints that people say like the downfall of like mammoths and sloths and stuff like that was because uh 
technology kind of caught up, you know, hunting tools of did early they, man. I was say, did they hunt mammoth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, yeah. got, and sloths. got year good. Was that? Yeah. Dude. Ten, at least, BC? At least yeah. 10,000 years ago. It was definitely ago. a BC-er. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking electricity. <laughs> at least 10,000 10, years ago. I was thinking the band ACDC. You were going all Nikolai Tesla. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking the band. I was thinking science. Oh, sorry. That shows where we're at. I wasn't thinking back in black. Yeah, dude, totally. I went to another fun thing without you guys. Damn it. I sometimes oh, have... to our friend's um, art show? Yeah. Sorry, so... Sammy. Oh, yeah. Wow, you guys messed up. Was there snacks at that? There was snacks and beer <laughs> at that one. Oh, dang, I double missed out. <laughs> but that was pretty cool. Actually, I didn't realize, like, I don't know why I didn't realize, because I read the thing, but there was a panel um, and an art show happening, <coughs> so... Um, one of our, our friends and coworkers, Sammy, had her art on display, and it was a lot of marine artists and science communicators. And so it was pretty fun to listen to the panel. There was um, one guy who uh, produced and directed a net, it's on Netflix, I think, a documentary called The Fork in the Road. I want to watch it. It's about kind of like how awful the food industry is in the United States. Really? Oh, <laughs> and, okay. um And then there was a couple science illustrators. Um, Patrick Webster, who's the social media guy for the Monterey Bay Aquarium, narr- or narrated, moderated the panel, which is pretty cool. I feel like he does a really good job curating the social media for them. Um, I saw some of Sammy's pictures on Instagram of her art display there. It looked really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Was she selling stuff there? Um, she did have it available for sale. I don't know if she made any sales there. A lot of people, I think, were mostly just there to kind of But like, they were mingle. allowed to sell their stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. Hopefully she sold some stuff. And um, they actually are going to have, at Open House, they solicited artists to put items up for donation, which is a good opportunity for exposure because um, there's usually pretty good attendance at Open House weekend. Um, so it's, it was pretty awesome to listen to people talk about how the intersection of art and science um, – is luckily in our areas really becoming a bigger and bigger thing science communication is kind of like a hot buzzword right now um and that just kind of re reinforced you know my interest in continuing to uh to do the podcast and share all the information with people um in this new way they actually did make a small shout out to podcasters they were like because someone asked a question like how do you uh, how do you meet people where they're at, you know? And so someone was like, well, you need to be performing on platforms that people are using, not necessarily something that you're versatile in, but you need to go find where the people are. And someone was like, maybe that means podcasting. That's something that scientists and science communicators are not really doing right now. And I was like, well, let me tell you, we have this cool podcast called The Whale Nerds Podcast. <laughs> you can find us at. Yeah, so... Hopefully we pick up a few listeners from that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of reinforced my whole reasoning for, for participating in this project, which has been super fun. And um, it was cool to hear that there's a lot of like-minded folks, especially in our area. I think we're pretty spoiled in that regard. We have three really big marine research institutes and the aquarium and lots of ecotourism. So we're, de- we're definitely in a happening place. That's awesome. Where was it? Where was that at? At Moss Landing Marine Labs. Was there? Uh, that's where the like Ambari is. Uh, right next, next door, to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, just a little bit before it. Yeah. Speaking of learning opportunities, is it? Aren't they having their open house soon? They are at the end of April. It's I think the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Let me look. Yeah. So for those of you who want to get out and just tour that facility, uh, young and old, if you're. Or twenty-seven, or something twenty-eight. Like yeah, something they're having like their that. open house. It's a pretty neat environment over there. You can check out the different labs, walk in there, and uh, see all the different uh, departments they have. So. Yeah, they do some good science. I've always over had there. fun there. Yeah, science, science. Good time. All right, you guys want to talk about some whales? Um, we're whales. We're whale nerds, so I guess we probably should. All right, well, let's talk about big dolphins. Big dolphins. The biggest? Was this today? That, the big dolphins that are in the news. Yeah, so they spotted type D killer whales. Off of where? New Zealand? Chile. 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 Cape Horn. Where, where did I read New Zealand? A scientific team made the finding in January about 60 miles off the coast of Cape Horn, Chile, at the very tip of South America, a region oh. with the world's worst weather. All right, so they did find one in New Zealand 60 years ago. Yeah. And it was not alive. Yeah. So this is a story that came out in National Geographic today. Yeah, published on March 7th. Yeah. Wow, so a mysterious stranding of the elusive whale 60 years ago 
and now they got photographs of them today. Yeah, so what happened was 60 years ago, uh, this, what we uh, as whale nerds know as type D, uh, orca killer whale, was found just the, the, a body. And uh, they finally publicly released that someone has actually seen them alive and swimming off of Chile. And I think they actually took a biopsy uh, on these. And these type Ds are pretty amazing. Um, they have a really unique looking uh, rostrum area, head area. Kind of yeah. looks really bulbous to me. And what they're really famous for is a very, very, very minute eye patch. It is yeah. a little tiny, little white sliver. Dang, I think uh, I like them more than the other ones now. <laughs> what do you like? <laughs> Just because they're like the they're very outcast unique. of the killer. Yeah. Like they're the only ones with the smallest eye patch. Yeah. The weirdest looking head. Yeah. Interesting. And for those of us who know, yeah, I mean, we look at the ecotypes; they all look a little different. And you know, if they really want to get into it, I mean, they can. They can. We can probably have nine, ten different species if they really wanted to. And you don't have to be a you know a scientist to, to see the differences. I mean, if you just look at these video, uh, videos and photos that are going around you, uh, you know, Facebook and everywhere right now on social media, you could. It doesn't take anyone just to go. These look different. I mean, even like the ones that we see here all the time. Uh, resonance, transients, you know, we got open patch, closed, uh, you know, closed saddle patch, open saddle patch, uh, pointier dorsal fin, rounded tip, you know, so. What do all... they feed on? Those guys? Good Does anyone question. Know? Do they even know? I don't know. Share what the biopsy. I feel like they different. feed on minky whales. <laughs> Probably. Well, let's see. So if, I was, if I was with that big head, you could ram whatever you want. Yeah, it looks like they don't really have a good answer. Um, they just talk about the three other types, type A, type B, and type C, that are encounter- encountered in the Southern Ocean. But yeah, they don't say anything about what they think they feed on. We actually got a question on Instagram um, yesterday, and they said, is there six ecotypes? Isn't there 10 ecotypes? I it's think pushing nine or 10. Yeah, yeah but there's, or there's one that they might like split into two. They yeah, some people speculate there could be as many as 14 or 15. Um, but I think that poster that Uko Gorder illustrated about five years ago shows ten. I want to say ten. For sure there's more than six, though? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there is more than six, but um, there could be more than ten even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. <clears throat> the longer we study these animals and we get opportunities to get biopsies, that'll really be the interesting telling part. Um, because photo ID and observations is one thing, but, you know, you look at – for the first time in 60 years, scientists have actually laid eyes on this yeah. type of animal. There's been some anecdotal, you know, sightings and sometimes photos from people working out on the ocean. And that little biopsy, you'll be surprised. That's going to yeah. tell us a lot. They do, like, you know, isotope stuff. They can, they'll find out that diet that Slater was wondering about, yeah. And I, I feel like I say this all <laughs> the time, but it's still true. Like, that's the coolest thing about, like, marine science. Like, there's still so so much room for discovery there's so much we still don't know yeah um and we're you know we're still going to be uncovering all these interesting truths and mysteries like for a long long time just because you're you're studying an animal that spends 75 to 95 percent of its life underwater you can't be underwater to follow them around yeah and um the ocean's a big place and even from a ship that's really tall your visibility is not that great once you're, you're looking for animals more than two or three miles away from you. So, you know, it's pretty easy to have a whale give you the slip and then what? You lost like three weeks worth of searching for one whale. You saw it for 30 seconds. and Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, staring at, I'm staring at Yuko's poster right now. I'm looking at the beak whales, you know, and it's like it's hard to believe. Yeah, with all the science we have out there, a lot of these animals are known just from a dead specimen mm-hmm. How many whales washed have up on the beach. That you've lost while watching them. Oh, yeah. Oh, too many to count. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how they can I just mean, disappear. I've lost fin whales, blue whales, killer whales. I think I've lost every whales. type of whale. Probably every kind, yeah. Pretty much yeah. every type of whale. I've lost track of one. Gray whales can't give me the slip. Hey, guys. So <laughs> should, Just should we... wait another month in Monterey Bay, and they'll give you the slip all the time. I wonder if they can hold their breath all the way from here to Santa Cruz. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously they can't, but that'd be cool. So, looking at the poster, some more happy news, especially for uh, buddies down down south. Uh, they had those uh, false killer whales 
show up yeah, again. Yeah, to Newport. Yeah. Oh, uh, right someone, by the someone beach. wants to come up and talk about it. We should wait. Oh, okay. We won't steal their thunder. We won't talk about that. Yeah, we also we also <laughs> want to hear from one or two someones that we know that just caught back from a rad trip in Antarctica. People are starting to come home and post photos on Facebook, and I'm having major FOMO. I, I, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some amazing photos seen. Breaching killer whales, penguins pooping. It looks good. Can't wait to talk Friendly about Friendly humpbacks. Yeah, it looked like a great trip. And it sounded like the weather was pretty good the whole time, too. It looked better than here. Lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think they got to spend more time on the ocean with nicer sea conditions than I saw we some, did. I saw some really crazy videos from Antarctica the last couple of weeks that had really bad weather. Though. Really? Really? Yeah. Really, really well, bad weather. Uh, they, so the, <coughs> the trip we're talking about, our friends that went with the Cheesemans, they did not cross the Drake's Passage. Yeah, and they were crossing the Drake Passage. Yeah, they flew in. Um, from Ushuaia, so they didn't have to tolerate that gnarly crossing. Um, but some people did, and I've I've seen some videos this season of it not being very nice. So they flew to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think they take the ship back though to Ushuaia, don't they? Oh, maybe they did. I think they, they cross on the way back. Maybe because they, they, they you cross true. once, and that's when they say you can have the possibility to see blue whales. Mm-hmm. And for someone I know, did see blue whales. Do you guys want to go? We have a, we actually got a lot of responses on the questions. On the Instagram story the other day. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, let's go through. Okay, so, so JRC underscore productions asked, have you guys ever seen white sharks stalking whales or feeding on a carcass? I've never I seen them stalking anything. I have personally. Oh, I have. I have but yeah. it wasn't a great white. <clears throat> oh, he said shark. Yeah, he said white sharks. You saw I saw things. I saw a Mako with a, um, a flying fish. He bit one fin off. And the, <laughs> oh, jeez. And, and the, the Mako was literally like three inches longer than the fish. So he oh couldn't eat it God. and he didn't know what to do. He was just like, they were swimming in circles with each other for like a good like 35 minutes. We sat wow. there and we left them. Like they, he never could eat it. It was really weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only thing I've ever, that's the only time I've ever seen a shark like feeding on something like, or attacking something live. Oh, okay. I was but just yeah. like, you've been with me with some I've seen, shark things. I've yeah. seen sharks, though, eating um, a whale carcass. I've never seen that. You haven't seen it? Mm-mm. Uh. Actually, the only, the only time I've seen a whale... I feel like I saw Wally. ...dead mm-hmm. on the ocean is the gray whale carcasses after the killer whales have fed on them. Otherwise, I've just seen the dead whales on the beach, and I've seen the shark bites... I but saw, I've never actually seen them actively feeding. I feel like I did see sharks. I think I just saw shark bites on yeah. Wally, and they dragged it back out again. But I yeah, know, I, I don't know. Because I know a few people went over to PV when Wally was kind of floating out there for a while. Yeah, I, thought I mean, I there. definitely want to see it. And when there's dead things floating on the ocean, I always ask if we can go look at them because of that. Yeah. Depends on your captain. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lucky. I've they actually seen. Bad. Yeah, I've actually seen a uh, white shark eating a, a carcass uh, between. Uh, San Pedro and uh, Catalina as a kid, and that was pretty cool to see uh, whites and blues there. Uh, I've seen, I thought we were with me, Slater, when we saw that blue shark eating those gray whale intestines. You remember that last summer? I don't think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. saw that. Uh, and on also, wow, just like two or three months ago, I got to see a white shark take out some type of pinniped uh, just a tiny bit south of uh, Año Nuevo. So, yeah, a few of us have been uh, lucky enough to see uh, predations out here. Or them going after dead stuff, but yeah, as Caitlin said, yeah, she, we, yeah, we looked at that gray whale last year. We saw those little tiny bites on the flukes. Some were blue, some were white. So yeah, it yeah, happens pretty out much, here. Pretty much all the carcasses I've encountered, humpbacks and gray whales on the beach, um, have had some type of shark bite on them. Um, I actually went. I rented a skiff from Capitola Wharf with Jody Frediani, one of our oh, friends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, when the white shark, I think it was like the second summer that the white sharks had yeah, been over I there. Um, and so we went and kind of tootled around, just like in idle, basically, um, with the sharks, and that was kind of cool. But for the most part, they're just resting over there, so it wasn't like they were like stalking any prey or anything. But signs of white sharks, yeah, all the time. In fact, every morning. I think all three of us leaving the trips, scanning that wall out there every now and then. Yeah, there's you one. You see some the, messed up sea lions. There's a one. I went out what two last week, week before. Last time I was out, there was a sea lion with a pretty good sized white shark bite. Yeah, but for us here in Monterey, we are in area known as the Red Triangle. So mm-hmm. a lot of white sharks here. If you drew a line from Point Sur uh, all the way up to Bodega Bay and then out to the Farallones, it creates a big red triangle, and we are a hot spot. Uh, for uh, white sharks, and I think it's because of our healthy population and rookeries here of pinnipeds. So mm-hmm. you got elephant seals, sea lions, harbor seals. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. is a buffet in this area. 
Any For other? Sure. Good question there. Any more? Uh, I'm reading through them. A lot of them are asking about humpback songs, and I feel like we've talked about that maybe one or two times. Episode 10. Didn't we cover that pretty in depth? Yeah, I think we did. We actually talked even a little bit about the songs, how they change, and even the production. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. I had a cool follow-up, actually, to episode 10 about um, migration routes. I know we talked about, like, how do they learn them? Is it is it innate, or is it did their mom teach them? And a cool paper came out um, from Oregon State University about blue whale migration, and it does seem like it's more based on memory. Um, so there could be some teaching involved with that, but also remembering where you found good food last time and then figuring out how to get back there. So um, it's not necessarily something they're born with. Um, you think they got street signs under there? <laughs> I honestly want to know. Like, I, yeah, I honestly want to know, though, if they like can remember a certain, like, you know, pinnacle or something down there. I think they can. Yeah, I think I'm sure they sure, like our humpbacks yeah. can because if they're coming here year after year or like the killer whales or something, but like, I mean, they got to. They got to have some sort of marking. Yeah. They're like, go left here and you're going to hit Carmel, you know? Yeah. Or go right. It's like uh, the turtles on uh, Finding Nemo when they're in the, the EAC <laughs> and they know where to exit. <laughs> like, Rip it, roll it, punch it. <laughs> it's so funny how you can use that movie for so many references. Some of them are spot on. Some of them are like, don't even say it. <laughs> yeah, so um, so we're chipping away at, at figuring out how, how do whales know where to go when they migrate. Um, blue whales are, are using a lot of memory tools. We don't understand how that works yet, but... Some of it's just remembering where you found some good food last time. I can remember where I found good food last time. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in Monterey. Whoa. <laughs> no offense, Monterey. No, but... I mean, yeah, the human food situation. It's... <laughs> 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 All right, well, I do have a question from someone um, that asked. Actually, it's from a lot of people, so I'm not going to name one name. It's, what are your guys' views on captive animals, captive cetaceans? Specifically, do you want to go first, Caitlin? You want me to go? Do you want me to go first? You want me to go? Anyone can go first. I'll go. I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My thought on the current situation is we know better, so we should do better. Um, I personally don't believe that a lot of the, that most of the animals that are currently in captivity are good candidates to be rehabilitated and try to be put back out in the wild. Um, But I do think that we could make their life for however much longer it's going to be in captivity, a lot more comfortable and um, a lot more educational and a lot less performance. Um, Some facilities are starting to shift that way, but that's not necessarily true all around the world, especially outside the United States. Um, And any animals that are going to be brought in as future acquisitions should be animals that really couldn't be rehabilitated to the wild. They're going to be an ambassador um, individual for their species, things like that. Um, we did learn a lot from the captive industry um, when we first started, but I think we're kind of hitting the saturation point of what more we could learn. Um, I mean, they've been in there for so many years, they should have learned everything they can learn by yeah, now. Yeah, so, you know, I think it's mostly we need to really think about the welfare of the animals for the end of their days and, and treat them with the utmost respect Yeah, as I think. I think we can all agree that we don't think they should continue being in there in the future. We should stop producing these animals in captivity. Yeah. And we have learned a lot from them being in captivity, and them being in captivity has probably inspired a lot of us um, in the past before we even knew that it wasn't a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, definitely I'm not standing for captivity. But we've learned a lot, and we should just slowly wean it out as best as we can without, um, you know, hurting the animals that are still there now. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a similar opinion of a lot of animals in captivity, not just cetaceans. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, I think our, our opinion is about the same. In fact, I love exactly how uh, Caitlin started out. We know better. We, we should do better. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 2019. Uh, all the years that we've been watching these animals, you know, we know what they need. Uh me coming from an aquarium background, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, it it changed me for a bit. Um, if you have an animal there, I, I honestly think these animals, you know, that are in there right now, yeah, we should give them the best life possible, you know. And uh, if an animal is going to be taken into any facility, 
I think it should strictly be a rescue situation, uh, you know, for the animal's own good. But, uh, uh, you know, I uh, do think what the, what we have right now, you know, the stock that we have right now should be given 110%, you know. Uh, and we all know that looking at what happened to Keiko, if we do try to, you know, put them back out there, that uh, it's, a, it's a process that... In fact, I think we're probably still learning, mm -hmm. you know, about and yeah. millions were spent with mm -hmm. Keiko, you know. In fact, you know, you gotta you gotta give Free Willy props. That really movie really opened people's eyes on, mm -hmm. you know, what these animals need. But you know, there's pros and cons about it, but yeah, it really opened people's eyes about uh, about uh, our large cetaceans. Well, and it's it's interesting. So a lot of people also mm -hmm. like to use Springer as an example of an animal that was successfully rehabilitated yeah, to the wild. Yeah, um, But she, so she's a killer whale. Um, she's a resident type, a fish eating type. She was so young too. Yeah, and so her and easily she, influenced, I think. Yeah, Wait, she is was. She, is she in San Juan now? Yes. Is she a northern resident? I think she's a northern resident. I want to say yes. Um, okay, because I feel like. I would have heard it if it was a southern resident. Yeah, so she was like she was a really young whale that probably was still mostly nursing from mom and was observed like away from the pod. And so they did take her into captivity for a while, but then we were able to successfully rehabilitate her back out into the wild. She found was it her same family group or a family group? And she has a calf, so she she's a good she's a good example of like. There are certain situations where you could put an animal in captivity for a while, make sure that their welfare, their health is, is good, that they've learned all the skills they need to learn if they're a young animal, and then they can they can go back out in the wild and be a sociable member of, of their pod. Like they do with sea lion seals, elephant seals. Yeah. You know, they do that down south. The Pacific Marine Mammal Center does it all the time. Yeah, and I feel like bottlenose dolphin, have, that's been done successfully a few times in Florida as well. Um, but... Yeah, I don't see the point in really promoting captive breeding anymore. I think rehabilitating is, you know, not a bad thing, but yeah, captive keeping them captive is a whole different story. Yeah, so maybe I would advocate for those type of facilities to shift their primary focus to rehabilitation and not necessarily entertainment. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, there the people's opinions are so strong on this, but I think we should all think instead of thinking you know about the hate situation it should be more let's think about the animals we all have a general you know love here it's the animals that we're concerned about and you know i don't think anyone at these marine parks are sitting there going man i hate orca you know they <laughs> yeah. we they all are on the same they side love them too yeah, yeah but I, you know what what stock is still out there in all these parks that should be given 110 percent and you know as he said yeah we know better so let's do better nowadays yeah yeah, and I personally would never, you know, visit a marine mammal park. Um, yeah, I don't think I would anymore either. I'm definitely not going to support any of the marine mammal parks anymore, but I do think there's some good that has come out of them, so I'm not going to completely hate them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, me, you know, I think maybe all three of us as a kid, yeah, oh yeah, we went to SeaWorld. We probably went to Marine Land. Have you been to SeaWorld? No, I never went. No. But I didn't grow up in California either. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had grown up in the area yeah. where it was drivable, yeah, I probably yeah. would have gone. And that's the stuff that is literally, to, to some young kids, that's going to spark their interest in their own opinions, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I did see Keiko when I was a kid. He was at the Oregon Coast Aquarium. Um, so there's that. Yeah. You I know, still like, remember every, yeah, every, like, every moment spent at Marine Land. And I still remember that. And that's the stuff that really made me go, Oh man, you know, I want to do that. I want to do that. For me personally, people always ask me, can you please, you know, let everybody know that SeaWorld sucks or like this sucks. But for me, I'd rather not even give them the time and then just say, go whale watching. Like mm -hmm. yeah. if you want to get inspired and, and really inspired and see these animals in the wild, go whale watching because yeah. there's seriously nothing better than that. Especially yeah. if you're already in the vicinity of like SeaWorld in San Diego. Get on a whale watch boat instead. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my two cents. It's yeah. like if you could see him in the wild for the same price or maybe even less money, yeah. go see him in yeah. the wild. <laughs> Way less money. Yeah. You yeah. can buy one soda at SeaWorld and cost as much as your old ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I currently now nah, I currently will, will will try to avoid yeah, places with 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 uh, you know, cetaceans or marine mammals, but uh, 
the the people who do end up there, hopefully it does, uh, you know, at least make them care for the animals and mm-hmm. let them develop their own, you know, opinions about what should be done. You, you, so yeah, it's it's a sensitive thing, but yeah, uh, it's definitely. I not, just want the best for the animals. Let's just say that it's definitely yeah. a touchy subject. Yeah. Subject. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and not. I mean, you don't have to agree with us either. That's just you know you solicited our opinion. Then there you have yeah. it. <laughs> but I'm glad we all love the animals. Like I said, I, there is. I don't think there's anyone you know at any marine park going, man, I hate seals and sea lions. I hate orca. <laughs> we all love them. So let's try to you know love them. Find some all together. Find some common ground. Yeah. <laughs> What else we got on what the What else do the we have? What are some ways that you can support research and conservation, especially living far from the ocean? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Good one. Who wants to go? Donate money to Slatermore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Donate money to whale nerds. No, I'm just, we don't have active cetacean research going on right now. Um, well, I think doing your part to raise awareness about how human beings impact the ocean, no matter where they, um, where they are, is important. So if that means participating in a, um, a cleanup of your local waterways or park, um, or you know, working even in like a recycling program in your local community, or making small um, daily choices every day to reduce your impact on the planet in general, is a good way to kind of just start you know, living conservation daily. Um, but there's also organizations that if you feel like they're doing good work, you can donate to them. Try your best to not use plastic as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard because I eat a bag of chips and then there's plastic. So, yep. I mean, I've, I try my hardest to not do it, but I mean, we all do it some way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the worst. I've, you know, accidentally bought like, like I love soda water and sometimes it doesn't come. <laughs> in a glass bottle. Like, or like it's weird because... Mm-hmm. Pellegrino, <laughs> you know, look, I have a glass one here, <laughs> but like I'll walk into other places and they only carry plastic ones. And it's like, yeah. you know, and obviously I can choose not to buy it, but I've, I'm guilty I've bought in some. Mm-hmm. So I think trying to cut out single use plastic as much as you can is definitely a big way to help the marine environment. Yeah. And, and just the environment and all. You yeah. know, the, the, um, Dr. Norn, who spoke about the walruses at ACS, um, last week. She actually had a donation form in the back of the room to directly support her research. So if you like get hooked on like beluga whales and you find this lab that's studying beluga whales and you have some money that you would like to donate, just talk to the researcher and be like, hey, how can I support your your work? And sometimes in-kind donations are even better than money because um, if you have a piece of equipment that they need or you can facilitate getting that for them and give it to them, um, that way, then the foundations often that facilitate the money donations don't get a cut of it. So, like, say you want to donate to Dr. Norn a thousand dollars, she only gets five hundred of it because the foundation of her university takes half the money. Yeah, um, there's a few other ways that I I think would work too for people who don't uh, live by the ocean. Um, even if you live by a local river and stuff like that, if you understand the process of watersheds, you know anything, uh, literally any body of Water, flowing water, uh, stuff that goes in that's going to end up in the ocean, you know. So protecting your local rivers and waterways helps out. Another thing that I uh, actually helped participate in a while ago is uh, um, kind of like volunteer vacation programs. You know, uh, there's a number of programs out there. I think Earthwatch is one of the major ones where you can pretty much go like on a kind of like a working vacation, help out a researcher or a scientist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at a location that's obviously away from home. So you kind of get a little mini vacation. And you're also helping out this researcher or scientist protect these animals or work on these animals that they're concerned with. Also, I know there's a few, uh, I know down in Mexico, there was a few programs where you can actually uh, help out a sea turtle farm, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, know, release eggs and take care of the eggs and stuff like that. So there's numerous programs out there that uh, would be willing to, um, you know, have you help out and uh, you'll kind of get a little mini vacation out there. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can help out, even though if you're not directly uh, living by the sea like us. Yeah, there's also the um, Whales of Guerrero Research Group. They do like one week vacation similar to a a lot of the sea turtle programs. So you pay to go down there and you do whale research with the local um, community and scientists, which is pretty cool. Yes, that is very cool. So get creative and and 
I think there's lots of choices we can make every day with our behavior to reduce our impact on the planet, whether that's not eating as much red meat or choosing less plastic or... <laughs> or any meat. Reusing. <laughs> They're all staring at me. They're all staring at me. <laughs> what? You still eat red meat? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> but yeah, just, just, think about, just think about how you um, interact with your environment every day and, and maybe choose how to do that more sustainably. I agree. I, I, you know, one thing I realized is um, also uh, if you got the time, sometimes even helping out like at a, well, obviously most of our listeners are wildlife lovers, you know, sometimes helping out at a, uh, uh, a zoo or any facility if you feel. Yeah, like a bird rescue facility. Help, yeah, or... wildlife rescues, you know, you'll be helping out animals and uh, probably even help educate people. So, uh, you know, if you find a facility that you agree with their <laughs> viewpoints and stuff like that, uh, that'd be also something that would be beneficial for you and uh, you'll be helping out educate these folks out there. Yeah. All right. Well, we got some more questions. Cool. How about the CA-51s? What about them? Where they, have they, they been? They didn't ask any questions. I think they just said the CA-51s. Tell them to hit awesome. our hotline bling, man. Tell them they don't even come to Monterey and I don't want to be their friend. <laughs> yeah. Let me... I've seen them like one time here since I moved here and now they just only... I mean, they're, they're known not... as like it's the SoCal pod. All right. My it's computer's up. So let me, pull like up, you. let me pull up the log right here. And I think I'm going to have to go back to 2018, unfortunately. Yeah. We yeah. I don't know if I've seen Back to since... 2018. It's only three months into 2019. Settle down. We For sure. Seen... I didn't see him in 2018. Ooh, I heard a rumor. Um, for those of you that are watching what, Umbrella and Academy, <laughs> that there were killer bells in um, Carmel Bay today. I don't I know. Heard they were off Hopkins like a couple days ago. Someone DM'd me, and I was like, "What? What do you mean? Nobody saw them, and they were off Hopkins." Like well, you know what? Let me tell you guys something. <laughs> I'm now officially Team Emma. Emma's pod. Oh, what is she? The one forty. One forty. Yeah. You know what? I'm all about the Emma's pod now. They show I mean, better. She's pretty cool. They're <laughs> great whale assassins, dude. Yeah, they kill a lot of things, which is awesome. <laughs> They're active, and they show more than the CA-51s. <laughs> Even though when you do see the 51s, they're uh, pretty friendly. Okay. Mm, I've had some pretty not friendly encounters with so, them, too. But... I'm looking so, at my you're log. You're the jinx. I'm looking at my log here. I want to say here in Monterey, for, for me personally, I want to say it's it was uh, April... <laughs> Not since gray whale season. Yeah, actually, no. <laughs> you guys come up here and use this for our gray no, whales. I could have swore they've been actually, here before that. Or since that. Actually, look, uh, look at my last uh, side here. It might have been May, May 6th. But yeah, 51s. Can I, t I wonder if I was here that day. Yeah, Were they're humpbacks here. Were humpbacks in the area? Were they fighting? Were they battling out with humpbacks? They could have been battling it yeah, out. So, yeah, the question was just what about those 51s? But if you don't know the 51s, it's, it's for... Four individuals that have been known to be uh, pretty pretty uh, active at times, even known to be uh, boat friendly. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the younger males in there is named Bumper, and if you know Bumper, he's man, he's getting big. He's, he's huge. This. He's a he's a sprouter now. He's yeah. proud of that, dude. He's like full. He's spins almost yeah. full size now. But he's been known to, as his name says, he's uh, he has touched boats. I personally got to witness him actually bow ride. <laughs> The uh, I think it was a triumph of, uh, of a few years back, and then uh, I've had him yell Comet. at the boat before for yeah. like eight seconds. Comet, Orion, and Star. Since Star, yeah, and so. Donner and Blitzen. Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> so Star, Star's the mom. The two boys, Orion and um, Bumper, will hang out with her for the rest of her days or their days. And uh, Comet is the little youngest girl. They do have an older sister who has a couple kids of her own too. And she split off. Yeah, and she made her own pod when she, she had two babies A's? of her own. Yes. They're cool. It's like three females in that pod. And there might be yeah, a male. So it's Is there a male? It's her, just three females. It's her and her two babies. And then there's one whale that we speculate is a female, but some people every once in a while are, are like, talking is about? that a sprouting male? The um, 51 A's. The ones that were whacking the birds. Oh, 40, 51 A's. Is that 49C that hangs out with her, the 51 A's? I don't know much about the fifty one A's because I think this was my first year. Uh, last year was my first year seeing them. Me too. They were around a lot. Fifty B was hanging out with them a lot this year too. That male after his mom died they were here, and they were here to stay. Yeah, after his mom died, he started hanging out with them, and they speculate that maybe maybe they're related. Yeah, killer whales are cool. Yeah, they're they awesome. They can be pretty cool. They can also. Be I cannot wait for April and frustrating. May. Frustrating. <laughs> I hope they come early and stay long. <laughs> 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 you 
You guys are, you can stay as long as you want. Yeah, you can hang out <laughs> so you can have. There's a whole wall of sea lions you guys could have when the gray, <laughs> whales, when the gray whales are done. No offense, sea lions are cute and cuddly, but I don't know about cuddly. But. They're good killer whale bait. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, CA51s uh, for us California whale watchers, yeah. I've seen them, what's cool is, yeah, I saw them off of Santa Cruz, I think my first time seeing them off of Santa Cruz Island in 2000. 11 or 12 and Comet was still That's yellow. That's your first time? Yeah, Comet was still yellow. Oh, yeah. she's a little baby. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you that maybe don't know what that means when they're still yellow, so when killer whales are born, um, they don't have a very thick fat layer, so their blood vessels are up at the surface of their skin and there's not really a whole lot of insulation there. So you're actually seeing kind of through the eye patch, which is white, um, kind of like their blood vessels yeah they're, they're straight muscle. out they're straight out talk that it is like straight out jaundice too you know a lot of a lot yeah, of people were like be. no you know they are mammals but they don't get it so yeah i, I mean I, why wouldn't they yeah that's curious i'm curious about wait they're that. saying it's not from the they well, don't that, know it could be jaundice could be. too yeah. but i told people that was a fact you guys i mean as far as we know still science <laughs> don't know, you know what, guys, that's, you have to put that caveat on a lot of things it's about a fact the ocean. that as far as little, we know it's a fact that when they're young they are yellow yeah and yeah orange. and as they as they grow and as they gain weight they seem to become yeah. more white but it's a fact that we do not know why <laughs> it's a fact we don't know exactly why yet. yeah we don't know why if it's that blood issue that caitlin was saying or you know some people are straight out saying oh no it's jaundice yeah but you can't be jaundiced for like three years I'm still yellow. Oh, wait. Whoa. <laughs> For those who don't know me, that was funny. <laughs> okay. What other questions do we have from Instagram? Next question. How much do we actually know about whale reproduction and birthing? Nothing. Not a lot. <laughs> what whale? Any whale? No, I, I mean, they just said whales. We know we, some about dolphins. Yeah. We've seen dolphins give birth. There's videos of it. There's just absolutely no videos of baleen whales giving birth. Yeah, that Maui video is like the closest thing, and that was this year. Yeah, yeah, and we, and we talked about that on the yeah. earlier podcast. And we're start, we kind of, they've kind of figured out gestation, sexual maturity, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Lob, oh, it's a mystery. I never thought about that. It's like, how do we exact? How do we know it's thirteen months? But, but we this, know when they come back to the the, the yeah. Animal, I mean, for an, for animals that migrate, you know, you give it a range of eleven to thirteen months. Are they get getting pregnant? On the southbound journey, are they actually getting pregnant in the breeding grounds? Are they getting pregnant on the northbound journey? We see mating in all three places. Um, and we see, especially gray whales, we see moms giving birth any time from, like, south of San Francisco down to Mexico. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what the heck, is it 12 guys? months? Is it 11 months? <laughs> is it 13 once, months? Like, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to have that drone up one day, and then... I hope so. Oh, I hope yeah, you I get hope it. Too. Yeah, it's bound to happen. I hope anyone, like not just me, like somebody, anyone that flies a somebody drone please responsibly just... <laughs> over marine mammals, whales in particular, and finds or sees a birth, like hit me up, dude. I'll be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, there's been some speculation actually about um, like some midwifing with killer whales. Mm-hmm. Um, the residents the last two births. Um, there's been rake marks on the calf, like almost like another whale had helped pull the calf out. Um, we don't really understand what's going on with that, but a newborn calf with rake marks on its back, like in an area that makes sense for it to be helped getting pulled out of the I birth bet canal. You that happens. Why wouldn't it? If, there's yeah. another, if it's in a pod like that, I bet someone would. Help. I mean, if killer whales have yeah. enough finesse with their teeth to skin a salmon or skin a sea lion or like pull the spine out of something of course they can <laughs> the gently heck? get a cat like out of the birth canal the meat off a tiny little herring like what yeah the heck? yeah of course they have the finesse to also help okay you know. <laughs> speaking about the rake marks i posted an old video of killer whales spinning a transient spinning a circle with a piece right, of meat you guys right. saw it yeah yeah okay yeah. if you guys go to 27 no i don't know how many seconds but <laughs> there's look at you guys here i'm gonna pause it right here look at these rake marks you can see it on in. the side yeah. Look at right here. Ooh. Oh yeah. He's got like. Do you think yeah. that that could that could even be from a sea lion or He's something? He's got a big rake mark. That might not even be from another whale. Could be uh, from something they were eating. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's crazy on the side like that. That's mm-hmm. a big one. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to seeing rake marks either like on the tail or on the near the dorsal fin. You know, mm-hmm. in the saddle um, patch a lot. 
Going back to the CA-51s, um, one time, not long after they had been sighted in British Columbia, I'm trying to think, I think it was Bumper, had four big rake marks through his left eye patch. Hmm. And then, like, several months later when we sighted him, it actually had healed up and it was white again. But he had these black rake marks through his hmm. eye patch. I was like, man, he's looking so gnarly these days. He's got a ripped <laughs> fin. It's bent. He's got rake marks in his eye patch. But then he healed up and he... Uh, he looked okay after that. You know that, um, this photo right here, this photo, look at the rake marks. Oh yeah, there's rake marks down I mean, down that, the... they bit on both sides and dragged. Wow. That's... Like, both sides a, of the dorsal fin. Can you guys even hear me? I'm like walking. <laughs> I walked away up and pointed at my, my picture was hanging on the wall. But yeah, I mean... Lonesome George has huge rake marks in his saddle patch. Next time you see him or if you go through photos of him, look at his saddle patch. I think George is a badass, especially with that pec fin. I think he, he really... I know, he's got a chunk missing he, out of it fighter. now. Okay, you guys want to elaborate <laughs> on that chunk? So I have a... There's a photo that went a little crazy on Instagram like Just a couple a months ago. Crazy. I brought it back. And uh, <laughs> I brought this photo back up. And Lonesome George is a orphaned male killer, transient killer whale. And he has this huge chunk out of his left pectoral fin. Um, we don't know what it's from. I mean, I've heard sea lions. I've heard it was. I don't know. Was it? It wasn't always there, right? Because they've probably seen him breach before. I've seen him breach before, and he's not had the chunk. And that's yeah. been within the last. I would say within the last two years, he's probably had that. Yeah, seems like his last two years. Yeah, so we don't know what it's from, right? I mean, some people I say maybe no like an elephant seal bit him on his. It seems almost too perfect. It's it's, it's like creepy. a really yeah, really so crescent clean. shaped and very clean. What like did a shark bite him? I don't know. You might never know. Yeah, that's what I think. Maybe a shark just came up and mystery. Why would a shark hit a killer whale though? Dude, don't hurt them. I don't know. He hangs out in Big Sur a lot by himself. Maybe he got into some weird stuff. He's been doing drugs. <laughs> He's like got He's no, hanging out. He got in a white shark gang. Wait, he doesn't hang out with any crowds. <laughs> the points are white shark gang. <laughs> you know what's so cool is like like we saw that CA one ninety nine. You know Eric down the coast. Oh yeah, the, the the mini, big, jo- wavy, mini George. Yeah, the big wavy dorsal fin. Were you on the boat? No, you called oh, me that day. Yeah. I saw George. Oh, yeah. Oh, picture. I was called like, both of us. I was like, wait, I don't then, double check your picture. Look and at then the then I, looked, I had I filmed it with the drone, and um, what's it called? I was like, wait a second, his pec fin is Normal. perfect. So yeah. we knew it wasn't George. I was like, look back, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were just outside of the But he bed. was almost as big as, as George, so that's really impressive. That's why I was like, well, this is a, yeah. a neat whale. It was like, it's so funny because um, when I took that photo, we were just like by Point Pinos, kind of, but out of like three or four miles, four, four miles out probably. And we had lunch feeding humpbacks in clear water. And this humpback had a mouthful and it was like dancing under the water, like spinning over. Like, I don't know, three of them were there. One was kind of out of the frame, but I was like stoked on the day. I was like, let's go in. Like, let me look at these pictures. <laughs> and then JJ's like, I see a killer whale. And I was like, Okay. You're like, don't lie to me, dude. And then he like <laughs> just starts going towards it, and then I was like, I found. And then I found it again. Like we lost it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was freaking out. Like, <laughs> so I went from like super crazy lunch feeding, clear water, happiness, and then even better. And then even you crazy. called me. You were cray cray. Yeah. You were stoked on everything. Dude, he was huge, big old. Oh, and that's the one that shot the snot bubble, the snot thing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this I this about that. I slowed down the video of him taking or exhaling, and he shoots a big old like loogie out. Like I don't know, excuse me, I don't know what it was. I don't know. It looked like mucus, though. That was for sure. It went like a good thirty-five feet. So, so to kind of tie this back to our original question about reproduction, here's something we don't really know, especially about transient killer whales. Who are the dads of all these calves? They have a very matrilineal structure. Everything's centered around mom, but. Like, are they inbreeding? We kind of think they don't, but like the residents, don't they kind of inbreed? Didn't they do genetics on them and like they're a little Wait, bit inbred? Wait, but how did they, oh, they, but by genetics, but don't you think that maybe like K came over to J and L? Because like they know that L, um, shoot. J, what they it? found out J, J, uh, J1 was technically a L whale. Yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff about what's going on. Yeah, even, so like that's, that, that, that's uh, a whole another level of mystery yeah. of things we don't know. We often. Pretty much all the time, we don't know who the dad is. There's no paternal care in any. These whales need to go on the Maury show. <laughs> you are not the father. <laughs> um, yeah, so just adding that level of complication. Um, Mississippi's for sure are very um, promiscuous. They're trying, like baleen whales, are trying to mate with as many partners as they can during migration. 
Um, is that true of other? Well, I mean, I'd say common dolphins are pretty permissive. Oh, yeah, dolphins are <laughs> well, gnarly. So, so while I was up there with the rest Southern residents, there's a, a male killer whale named Onyx, which is L87, mm-hmm. and he always hangs out with J-Pod, so they said something about him having, like, a crush on one of the, <laughs> the whales over there. So... I don't know. Yeah, so to add more mystery to the whole question about reproduction and birthing and all that, I mean, we have some species worked out gestation period. We've seen them give some species give birth in the wild or in captivity, um, but a lot of it's still yeah, a lot of it's a, a mystery. No, yeah, as Slater said, no large whale you know we've seen give birth. I think we're, we'll get close, especially with all the technology we I think have. it'll happen sometime yeah. soon um, and I another thing that I think may happen sometime soon is more um, evidence and recordings from drones of like heat runs and fin whales and blue whales we don't really mm-hmm. see them mating a whole lot I think actually some of the best footage probably comes out of that Sri Lankan blue whale group. for blues yeah um, but like yeah I mean we've only heard of heat runs a handful of times off the California coast for blue whales I don't think it's ever really been well documented for fin whales um so yeah i mean i think even those type of things are probably going to be recorded and be breaking news soon yeah i mean i've seen both of them go chasing each other fin whales and blue whales and mm-hmm. neither time i had a drone when, it, when i saw it so hopefully one day so yeah so we, basically we don't know <laughs> the answer to your <laughs> don't know question. a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's all right we're learning we're always learning all right you guys well, should we, I, I, there's a few more topics, but I'd like to save them for another episode. Okay. Okay. Just we'll because that. if, okay, guys, we need to tell you something. We're probably going to bring it back down. Actually, I think we're going to bring it back down to one a week. And it's just because we don't want to go through every single topic at once, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And once we start getting back into the, the, the spring and summer season. We're going to have gonna, whales to look at. Yeah, we're going to have <laughs> whales to look at and sightings to talk about and encounters and all sorts of cool stuff. So... Um, we'll save topics for you know new things that we see mm-hmm. and yeah so we're probably going to just put one out every monday yeah yeah we can definitely as you can see here cover you know as many topics as we can just in uh one one uh, recording so yeah just please keep the questions coming and we've been getting some pretty good ones as you can see yep 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 yes it's been fun answering your questions and like like they said there's there's been some really really good ones lately so Keep sending them our way, and uh, you'll get your whale fix to start the week every Monday. Yep, and if you guys aren't following us on Instagram for some reason, it's Whale Nerds. Uh, follow us there. Send us comments and DMs about topics, and hopefully we'll get to those. And I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.